2: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, it's hour one on this Wednesday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Glad to have you on board. Come in, stay a while. The gang's all here. Seaton, Pauley, Fritzie McLovin. Yours truly, Dan Patrick Show. Whether you were watching or not, plenty of players to root for in Major League Baseball and credit the league for making them available on microphones last night during the All-Star Game. How can you not like Fernando Tatis Jr., Chris Bryant, Freddie Freeman? They had great sense of humors on display last night. Had an interview with Shohei Otani and translator. Uh, Angel star didn't really deliver on the field, even though pitched a scoreless inning. He got the win. But that constant smile, the fact that he was available, he was there for home run derby. Some of the bright spots for Major League Baseball. And baseball has its fair share of critics, and a lot of it's fair. Style of play isn't ideal. We've seen enough strikeouts for an entire season already at the All-Star break. But the stars go a long way in defining a sport. If you look at the NBA, that almost seems to be the model that Major League Baseball is trying to emulate, and they should. Last night's All-Star game proved that they might be onto something. You have Tatis Jr., Vlad Guerrero Jr., you have Otani, you have some names here at least names that resonate uh, resonate with younger fans because that's what this is all about. We were sitting around here earlier today before the show and we sounded like old men. I remember back in our day, we could name all the all-stars. We could name the guys who were on the bench. Okay. It was really important to you back then. You didn't have as many distractions. You didn't have things like a job or a family. And they didn't know anything about girls at the time. And you know, maybe today's younger fan knows who these players are. All of these players, uh, you know, you're playing video games with them. We used to collect baseball cards. And I think it's easy to go back in our day. Okay, back in our day. But kids today, if you're going to sell the game to them, that's really what's important. What are they consuming? What are they interested in? What do they care about? Do they love bat flips? Do they love the style of uh, Tatis Jr. Or Vlad Guerrero Jr.? Are they into Shohei Otani? Like, these are all fascinating personalities for me. But if a younger audience, a younger generation is not consuming it, it's not great for the sport. If you look at the target demo, you know, of, of what Major League Baseball caters to, it's the oldest demo in the major sports. You know, you're looking at mid-50s as a baseball fan. You, everybody wants the younger audience here. I think this was a really good week for Major League Baseball. You know, they, they've survived this spider tack, you know, with doctoring a baseball here. But you're able to have a showcase moment for Shohei Ohtani. And you get Vlad Guerrero Jr., who's 22 years of age. You got Tatis Jr., who's the same age. They grew up together. Their dads played in the major leagues. It was fun. You had Pete Alonso from a big market with the Mets winning home run derby again. I think Major League Baseball has a lot to build on here. They're going to take away the seven-inning no, uh, seven double headers next year and get rid of the, we're going to put a guy on second base to start extra innings. Those are just some of the things that the commissioner has uh, talked about. They did this during the pandemic. I get it. Now we move on. What's the next step for Major League Baseball? And really, I think it's important for the legacy of this commissioner. How are you growing the game? It seems like everybody's still making money. Players are still getting paid great salaries here. I don't know how the uh, all-star ratings were, but if you you know go back when we were growing up, it was a big deal. There were a lot of people watching. Well, there weren't as many options to be watching something else. We had three channels. Of course you were watching it. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have social media. I mean... Nowadays, what you're getting, I mean, you might get, you know, six, six million people watching the All-Star game, maybe seven million. I don't know what the numbers were from last night. We'll wait to see the overnights. But Major League Baseball has some positives here. Uh, you got good teams in uh, big markets. That's important as well. But. For the most part, I think Major League Baseball has had a pretty good week. We're going to talk to Shoei Otani's manager, Joe Madden. He'll join us coming up here in a little bit uh, next hour. And uh, who else do we have on the show? Russ Wilson. Oh, that's right. Russell Wilson, Jr., the third, is going to join us. That'll be a little bit the return of Russell Wilson, Jr., the third, because it's uh, been a while. Since we talked to Russ, I think it was February 9th that we had him on. And uh, Russ, I thought, was uh, un like Now, I don't know if he's returned to the old Russ where he doesn't really say much. He's, you know, very nice during the interviews. Back then, it felt like he had something he wanted to get off his chest. And he did exactly that. He got it off his chest of his displeasure with sort of his status within the Seattle Seahawks organization. And that sort of, that sh- that story exploded. I'm curious, how long after the interview did he hear from the Seattle Seahawks? Because I'm guessing it didn't take long for them to go, uh, hey, uh, Russ, what's going on? And I don't know if Russ at the end of that conversation with Pete Carroll or John Schneider said, uh, go Hawks. But he'll join us uh, coming up in the final hour of the show. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. We have Game 4, Pivotal Game 4. Used to be Pivotal Game 5. I'm going to say it's a Pivotal Game 4 because if the Suns win this game, then they're going to win this series. If Milwaukee wins, then maybe we're headed to a seven-game series. I had people saying it was going to be a sweep after the first two games. A lot of media people, Milwaukee has no answer for Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Now, Phoenix has no answer for the Greek freak. How are they going to stop Giannis? We're so flip-floppy, you know. It's just remember USA Basketball. Oh my God! They're not going to win the gold medal. It's a disaster. And then they win last night. Nobody's going to talk about it. They and they beat a really good team in Argentina. If all the problems were there with Nigeria and Australia, are they were they there last night? Do they have any team unity, chemistry? Do they move the ball? I don't know. I watched the game last night. Looked pretty easy for uh, Team USA. It's still not formed. That's not the that's not the team we're going to see in Tokyo, but. We shouldn't, we, the United States, should not lose to Nigeria, even in a friendly, in an exhibition game. We should not. Australia, I get Australia. These guys who played together, pretty good team, got some NBA players, and they're not intimidated by Team USA. Intimidation used to play a really large part in Olympic basketball. Because this was a team that could walk in and all of a sudden you're playing for silver or bronze because Team USA is going to win. Now, you know, the rest of the world has seen everybody. Yes, we have better players. But I think that you could probably get a team. If I said to LeBron, hey, can you kind of drum up some uh, all-stars to play with you? Can you g- can you give me an all-NBA team? Can you give me uh, Steph Curry to join you? Uh, let's see, who else would, uh, would he get? Chris Paul is going to be on the team, I believe is on the Olympic team, Devin Booker yes, McLevin
3: I thought Paul, did Paul Is oh, he, on the team? he might have opted out, well, he, he was did. on the team and then he said, I think I'm going to pass but I'll double check that,
2: alright, but if I said to LeBron, how about you come up with a team here Anthony Davis, assuming he's going to be healthy, Zion how did Zion not make this team? or Julius Randle Julius Randle's fine, but I, Kevin Love should not be on the Olympic team. Nice guy should not be on the Olympic team. This is where a younger player like Zion or Julius Randle should have been on that team. And look, I we like Kevin Love. He, he's not, he's not an, an Olympian. It's not personal. It's just a fact. He, he should not be on that team. Now, are they going to win with him? Yes, they'll win with him. Uh, can they win without him? Yeah, they could win without him. But if you had – if I said, okay, LeBron, you get uh, Jimmy Butler, you get Paul George, you get Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, James Harden, and Anthony Davis, yeah, McLovin.
3: Do you want James Harden? Sorry, I'm just going to say, like, yeah, you have five all-NBA players. Well, I, I don't want one guy with the left hand shooting all
2: the shots. Uh, I don't. You know what? I, I've come around a little bit on James Harden. I, I thought he showed me more with the Nets, with his ability – to be a distributor and not not ball dominant. But he seems to have this Game 7 mental. Well, block. that, I just got to keep him out of a Game 7. That's it. I got, We got to end every series in six games. I can't get him to a seventh game because he usually doesn't go well. Yes, Paulie?
4: Maybe LeBron can find his own country and just buy it and oh. start it, you know, have mm, his own team. Mm. He's got that kind of dough. Like Malta. That seems like a fun country. Isn't it an island or something? Malta. It's near Italy? Yeah, the island of Malta. You get a bunch of those guys over in Malta, they'll crush.
2: Uh here's Chris Paul on how the Suns will respond in tonight's game 4.
5: Everybody on our team took the loss hard as we should. You know, we never go into a game expecting to lose. You know, if you show me somebody who expects to lose, I show you a loser. We use yesterday, we'll use today to prepare, and we'll all come out ready to play tomorrow.
2: All right. Here is the other thing that I found interesting. Monty Williams, the head coach of the Suns, didn't want to talk about the free throw disparity in game three. But he did talk about the free throw disparity while not wanting to talk about the free-throw disparity. And then he was questioned about talking about and not talking about the free-throw disparity. After last game, you said you didn't want to complain about the fouls, but then you kind of did the next sentence. I'm curious, the, the reason for doing that. Is that like a jab? Or no, no, like... <laughs> no.
3: I'm just curious. The reason for bringing that up at a press conference
2: is what? Well, somebody asked me the question, like, how can I help D.A.? So I answered it. And then the the free throw disparity is what it is. So that's what I did. They had one player with 17 free throws. We had 16. That's not complaining. That's stating facts. (laughs) D.A. is DeAndre Aiden. Uh, You know, looking back on game three, Milwaukee was aggressive. They got shots, you know, near the hoop. And uh, this is what the Greek freak does. He can put you in foul trouble if he gets to the hoop. So I'm not surprised. You can say there's a free throw disparity, and the Greek freak is your go-to guy. Had the ball, and he's going inside, and he got found. So, I I don't have any problem with that. And if Monty, went, this is gamesmanship. Phil Jackson used to do this all the time. I uh, don't want to talk about you know free throw disparity here while I'm talking about the free throw disparity. All this is is just you know one of those. Uh, let, let me give a little jab, a little nudge to the NBA and the officials. I don't know if the officials go, oh, my God, did you hear what Monty Williams said? We got to help him out in game four. I don't, I don't know if that really matters. I think it's how you play. Now, sometimes it's who's refing and what they give you and what they don't. Here's another thing to keep an eye out on with uh, the Olympic basketball team. These officials aren't going to be giving these stars the calls that they normally get when they're playing in the NBA. There were times where in the game against Australia, where some of the marquee guys were going, wait, you're not going to give me that foul? No, Play on guys. That, that was interesting to see that these officials are like, you know what? There's no star status here. We're going to basically call an NBA game here. Yeah. The Olympics can't set up a thing where it's
3: all the foreign players against the U S right? Like, That would be amazing.
2: Well, I don't know if you can have the world against the United States in the Olympics.
3: That would be, would you like that as an all star format, as Reggie brought up the other day?
2: Well, no, Michael Wilbon brought it up. And I think it'd be great. The all-star game with uh, Team USA versus the world? Absolutely. For an all-star game? Absolutely. Yeah, Paul.
4: You can't do like Trinidad and Tobago and Brazil and France. You can't just tack on <laughs> well, a few it's not
2: more. fair that Trinidad and it's Tobago. Yeah. Like, Trinidad should be facing, you know, somebody. And then Tobago should Also, be.
4: Tobago is carrying that thing. And it's right, it's second. Mm. It should be first. Mm.
2: Tobago and Trinidad? Yep. Hmm. All right, 877 dp show email address dp at danpatrick.com. Joe Madden, the Angels manager, next hour. Russell Wilson Jr., third, uh, the third in the uh, final hour. Kawhi Leonard had knee surgery. He's going to be a free agent. I'm going to talk about this because this is a big deal. It's a lot bigger deal than people will play this up, in my opinion because the start of next season is right around the corner. This program brought to you by the great folks at M-Drive Boost and Burn, the supplement that helps you boost energy and burn fat. m Dan.com. Free shipping, 60-day guarantee. Don't let age beat you. Refind your prime with M-Drive. Talk a little bit more about the All-Star game. And uh, once again, Suns-Bucks game four coming up tonight. McLovin will have a poll question. It's 15 after the hour, just getting started on this Wednesday. Dan and the Dan at Dan Patrick Show sleep number great partners of ours have been so for a decade and they have so many different ideas for you to just understand how to get a great night's sleep now it's easy if you go let me start with the sleep number 360 smart bed with adjustable bases yes you can start there but they also you know they uh, uh look at the sleep foundation and uh the sleep foundation talks about constant sleep, consistent sleep, strengthens your immune system. And like the lack of sleep can actually make you sick, unable to meet challenges of the day. And, you know, try going to bed and waking up at the same time every day on the weekends. They, they have all of these tips on getting a great night's sleep. Don't try to stay up late to catch up on work. Give yourself a lights out time. Avoid uh, lighted technology, electronics at least an hour before bedtime. Uh, The temperature of the bedroom is really important. Sleepers who routinely use their Sleep Number 360 smart bed they get uh, about 100 hours more proven quality sleep per year. Starting at $1,099 for a limited time at Sleep Number stores. or sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Phone calls are welcome.
5: All right, everybody, game off.
1: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com/amazonprime
2: for details. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you it's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer, all of a sudden the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer. That tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick or... You can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by
0: 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing,
2: and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. So are emails, tweets, all the above. Hashtag at DPShow on Twitter. Say good morning to Peacock, our streaming service. Download the app. You can watch for free all three hours and uh, nearly 400 cities around America that carry this program, including Fox Sports Radio. All right, McLovin, what kind of poll question do you have today?
3: Okay, the debate on this side is about popularity of different sports. If you put football as the number one sport, and we'll group NFL and college for this discussion, what is currently, the, in your opinion, the second most popular sport? Is it baseball or basketball, or is there a third, like,
2: soccer that's coming up? Is it definitely one of those two? Well, I would say it's NBA, it feels like, just because you have constant headlines with the NBA. Um, baseball, and, and I know baseball did well with Home Run Derby. They had 7 million viewers for Home Run Derby. And I, I think that's a testament, really, to Shohei Otani. I think there was a lot of publicity for him. It was Coors Field. It was a great night. And I I thought that you had some great storylines in there. Um, NBA All-Star Saturday night in 2021, this is during the pandemic, was just under 6 million viewers. That's the worst in history. Now, that could be an anomaly here. But for baseball and Home Run Derby, um, and there's a lot more going on with the NBA All-Star Saturday night festivities, but um, there was a tune-in factor there for Home Run Derby. I, I would say it's NBA. Um, and then I guess i would i would probably have baseball in there. Soccer's tricky. you had really good numbers for the uh the euro finals between England and Italy, but I think that was around six and a half million viewers for the uh the euro final, and there was a whole lot more at stake with that than there were n b a all star Saturday night or home run derby yeah paul do you think
4: m m a is really close to being second it it feels like it the buzz around it the talk the, the the intensity around the fans of the sport, I know they don't have as many matches, as many games, you know, they don't have games, they have matches, but the sport feels huge. And I know it's not baseball. They do not It's not NBA. But man, and compared to 15 years ago.
2: Well, for a sport that doesn't have a lot of big names in it, you know, Khabib is retired. Uh, Conor McGregor is on his way out. Uh, Ronda Rousey doesn't fight anymore. They may not have that many crossover names, but
4: they have... If you like the sport, you know all their people.
2: Yeah, and and you know, pay per view is really big there. I mean, that sometimes can tell you the attractiveness of a sport that you're willing to actually spend money to watch something. Uh, Boxing is trying to be more gimmicky and get crossover stars, and and, and you know that's the, you know Tyson Fury is would be in another generation, he would be lauded. We would be talking about, wow, that guy that big with that ability, uh, that's incredible. But, you know, fighting uh, Deontay Wilder again, I don't know. I mean, that's, what do you have in boxing other than Jake Paul and Logan Paul and Chris Paul and you know, Paul Bunyan and whoever else you got in there? And, uh, you know, Conor is going to fight one of these guys. I mean, he is. He's just going to because it's a big payday. But UFC... You know, Dana White's done a great job in building this, but you have the mothership involved in it too. I I can't I can't emphasize it enough, the power that you still have with ESPN. Because if ESPN grabs a hold of a sport or they grab a hold of an analyst, a personality, they elevate you. Like you it's when you step out and then you realize, wow, ESPN is still extremely powerful now they just picked up hockey. This is great for hockey because if they embrace it, then they'll grow the sport. Uh, NBC did a wonderful job with it. The people behind the scenes truly love that sport, cared about it. But ESPN makes a difference. And I think with UFC, everybody wants to get you know somehow into their game plan. And when you do, that's when you elevate someone or something. Yeah, McClellan.
3: I have a sense from some of my friends who are UFC fans, they don't They're UFC fans, but they don't necessarily like basketball, football, and hockey. Yeah. It feels like that some of them are like non traditional sports fans. Whereas if you're a basketball fan, you probably like football and baseball. You know, I feel like there's a big mark. They're kind of separate markets.
2: I agree. I agree. But then you're going to get, and this happened with uh, snowboarding, with the X games, uh, the winter X games. Like you had participants who didn't want to be part of mainstream. When ESPN grabbed it and said, we're going to showcase this. Hey, we're going to have skateboarding. We're going to have snowboarding. There was part of, you know, that that group of athletes who said, we, we don't want mainstream like we don't want medals like we do this just because we do it for the love of the sport and even putting it in the Olympics. I mean, really, that's a desperate move by the Olympics because the Olympics was old. You know, the sports were old. There was nothing new. Like, nobody cares about javelin or hammer throw. But if you bring in a younger fan, that's what you want. The Olympics are built on a couple of sports. Figure skating, gymnastics, swimming. That's it. That's where it starts. And now if I can bring in a whole new fan base, a younger fan base, I mean, that's what it's about. Every sport is looking for that. And Understand this about an NBA fan a young NBA fan, they wake up in the morning. They didn't watch the game probably, but they can go to their phone and go, uh, James Harden highlights. Boom. That's all I need to see. Zion Williamson highlights. Boom. That's it. You might watch a little bit of SportsCenter, but it's different than how we consumed it. And that's why it's kind of hard to go, okay, this is the direction of that sport. You know, I don't know where baseball's headed. I know where it used to be, and I know where it sort of is now. I don't know what that next direction is. What happens to the NBA when LeBron is done? What's the direction? How do they sell that sport? Football? How far can you take this? How far can you take this in the United States? How much can you make people pay for this? Now they're they're, they're just these are the questions. These are billion dollar questions, and I don't have the answers to them. And I don't know if these sports have the answer right now. I, if I said to the commissioner, Rob Manfred, so what is the next step for baseball? Shorten games? Um, they're going to they're gonna do that with the seven-inning doubleheader? So you're getting rid of that. Now what's next? Is that enough? No. How do you get more action in a game? That's the big key. You know, Shohei Ohtani's got 12 stolen bases. Okay. I mean, it's it's a testament to his all-around ability. But that was... You were a novice if you had 12 stolen bases at the All-Star game. I mean, you have guys who've had 30, 40. But it's not part of the game anymore. It's like the big man in the NBA. It's not part of the game anymore. Okay, what's the next step? Is it just going to be the proliferation of three-point shooting? And you have... It's a a similar philosophy. Baseball is a hit or miss sport. The NBA is a hit or miss sport with three-pointers. It's a home run in baseball and the three-pointer in the NBA. How long can you continue to ride that wave? That's what I'm curious about. Football, all of this offense, all of these numbers, no defense whatsoever. At what point do they start giving a little bit back to the defense? You know, And maybe they don't care. By the way, uh, pro football reference finally did what I have been begging the NFL to do. The NFL is the most documented. They have video. You have NFL films. Why couldn't you go back and tally up the number of sacks that guys like Deacon Jones had? And they finally did. And we find out that Deacon Jones, to me, probably had more sacks than anybody in the history of the sport. He led in sacks, I think, four or five consecutive years. That never happens. I think the most is back-to-back seasons. But why not go back? And you threw the ball 15 to 18 times. Less opportunity. I mean, imagine sacks per snap. I mean, Deacon Jones was incredible. But I, I, kept saying to whoever would listen to me, including the Pro Football Hall of Fame, can you go back and just be fair to the? They started counting sacks in 1982. Go back, let us, let us, you know, relish what these uh, a, a previous generation did and the greatness of that, as opposed to hey Reggie White, yeah wonderful, he wasn't Deacon Jones. Hey, you got uh throw out somebody. Michael Stra yes, great players. Let's be fair to those who came before us, who played the game. And and I mean, why not celebrate the history of the game? Bruce Smith is a wonderful, he's got two hundred sacks, the all time leader. Um Do we have the updated?
4: Yeah, so they have the unofficial. The official leaders is what the NFL recognized, but uh, a pro football reference has the unofficial leaders since 1960. Bruce Smith, number one. Now, the guys who are old school guys who are back in it, Deacon Jones has 173 sacks, third all-time. All right, all right. Okay. Alan Page, the great uh, Vikings player, 148 sacks, he was a defensive tackle. And then it keeps going on like that. You know, it would be even more interesting if some type of analytics person could look at sacks per pass attempt. Yeah, that's
2: what I meant. Because, you
4: know, well, what you're saying earlier, because I'm getting you, Deacon Jones, He fa- like you said, faced guys who had 15 attempts a game.
2: Yeah, there's, there's no better pass rusher than Deacon Jones. There just isn't. If, if I go, his, his number of pass attempts that he faced and sacks, I don't think anybody's close to that. Yeah, McClellan.
3: I consider myself an NFL historian. Uh, no. but I have to admit, I know nothing about this guy who they say set the single-season record, Al Bubba Baker. Oh, he yeah. for the Lions. It said he's part of the famed Silver Rush defense. That's an awesome nickname. i never heard this one.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't that long ago that, that uh, Bubba Baker yeah, was doing this. Yeah,
3: 78. Yeah. Right before. Silver Rush defense, were they a thing?
2: I don't remember yeah. them being a thing. The team wasn't good. It was Detroit. But, but he had... They they tallied up 23 sacks, I think, in a single-season record there.
3: Yeah, McClubb? Why do defenses used to have the coolest nicknames and we don't do that as much anymore?
2: Um, well, they stay together, I think, longer. You know, the doomsday defense. I don't think anybody has a great defense anymore. Legion of Boom, that might be the last time we do something like that because whose defense do you go, wow, you don't want to mess with that defense? The sieve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the crappy five. <laughs> yeah. Legion of Boom was a great. Legion one of Boom was wonderful. It great. Yeah. I mean, the steel curtain, purple people eaters. How great was that? The fearsome foursome. Even the killer bees with the dolphins. But that's when you had formidable defenses. That's when they allowed you to have a great defense. Yeah, McLeod. The sack exchange. Yeah. Yeah. That was but good.
3: Silver Rush is pretty cool for the Lions. They should recreate that, but... I don't know if
2: they can. No. In today's game, nobody's got to... Who has the great defense? Aaron Donald's a great defensive player, right, but I don't is. think the Rams de- defense... The Rams have the, the best corner and the best uh, defensive lineman. I guess, does that make them the best defense in football? Like, the Ravens are supposed to have a great defense, but I don't think anybody where you go, man, they're going to... Tampa's defense is great. And I had said all season long, if they're winning, they're going to win because of that, not because of Tom Brady. And that was the case. That was a wonderful defense going against a very subpar, banged-up Kansas City Chiefs offense. Yeah, point.
4: Aaron Donald and 10 others. How's that for a nickname? Mm. No, it doesn't flow. Yeah.
2: Well, I got to get Jalen Ramsey in there, right. too. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, and nine other guys. <laughs> nine-, nine others. Yes, McLeod. I'm reading. It, Pittsburgh had a very good defense last year. I remember
3: you liked that, that I, unit I, I a lot. I
2: did because I thought that that was the reason why they were undefeated. But it's it, still. I mean they they did make some plays, but uh, you know TJ Watt. They didn't have Bud Dupree, but they they had a they, they had a good defense, a good defense. I don't know if anything is scary defense anymore. There were times when, like that Giants defense with Lawrence Taylor. That's scary defense. I mean, you had Carl Banks, Harry Carson. You had Hall of Famers there. And then you had LT. But, you know, Reggie White, when he was in Philadelphia, that felt like a great defense. But, uh, but it, it just changed. You know, we, we've changed the rules, and it, it's harder for you to be great in the NFL at, at, at those positions. You know, secondary, you can't put your hands on anybody. All else fails, throw a flag if there's, you know, maybe P.I. Yeah, Club. And that Reggie,
3: Buddy Ryan was like going after kickers heads. Yeah, I mean, that was yeah. a different football. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But that that changed the sport. All right. I mentioned uh, Kawhi Leonard. He had knee surgery. I'm not sure why he waited. It felt like he needed knee surgery, even though he, we were we were being told it was a sprained knee. I get it you know, for maybe that competitive advantage that you wanted to leave somebody, you know, a little bit of mystery there. But you're not allowed to do that in the NBA. Like, it's supposed to be full disclosure because of all this gambling. Everybody's involved in gambling. Well, then you have to let the gambler know, is Kawhi Leonard coming back? And I was told by somebody close to this situation, don't rule out Kawhi coming back if there is a game seven. He wasn't coming back. And maybe this person was using me to put it out there that, hey, Kawhi could come back. I don't know. I haven't followed up with him. But Kawhi, it's not like he hurt his knee even more when he was up in the the Clippers suite. Like, he didn't take the steps. I'm guessing he took an elevator. But this is a big deal. This This is a guy who is, you can say, injury prone or injury saddled. There's already load management. But this is a six-month process with a torn ACL, and the season is right around the corner starting again. This is... A, this is a, hmm. I would have serious doubts about the Clippers with Kawhi moving forward. Just would. Because he there's already load management. And I know this isn't the Jordan played it all 82 games. Yeah, I know. Guys today... This is different. You know, the Lakers have a situation with Anthony Davis, but this is a serious injury. Torn ACL, that's a six-month process here. Like this, if he comes back before Christmas, I'd be shocked. And he's a free agent. So if you're the Clippers, do you want him? Marvelous player. Clutch player. But is this a pattern for a guy with load management, he still gets banged up more than you would expect or you would hope for. Do you want him long-term? I know it sounds preposterous to go, God, do I want him at that, that kind of money? And, but they're going to know more with just the rehab. And it's Kawhi, so there's always a mystery there. You're never quite sure what's going on. But th- this is a big deal. You know, that, it, it was a knee sprain, and then we find out it's a torn ACL. But trust me, having gone through this and just being a pedestrian, this is six months. And even then, what's he going to be like after this? If there already was load management, can you have even more load management on top of load management? How many games are you going to play? 40? 35? And what are the Clippers willing to allow? Because there's a lot that goes with Kawhi Leonard. Great player, but there's maintenance here. And now you have a torn ACL. It's a big deal. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We got our play of the day. I think we settled on a poll question, didn't we? We did. I'll tell you what it is after the break. All righty. We're back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm John Middlecoff, and I host the Three and Out podcast. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL?
0: Do you like the NFL draft? Quarterbacks? Coaches? Well, I talk about it all on the show. I used to work for Andy Reid as a scout. Now I give you my unfiltered and raw opinions on everything that goes on in the NFL. And you know we're talking college football because of how important the draft is year-round. Listen to the 3 and Out podcast with me, John Middlecom, on the
5: iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock.
6: And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers, you can trade with friends to compete.
1: It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash amazon prime for details.
0: This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets
2: now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know.
1: Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER 18+ plus in most eligible states age varies by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply pick 6 not available in all states including but not limited to Connecticut and New York for up to date list of states visit slash pick 6 states where prohibited see terms at pick slash promos
0: oh my god
2: the play the, play's the play of the day
0: better left like garlic
2: Check this out. 1-1. Swing and a high drive. Deep left field. Way back and out of here. An absolute no-doubter to left for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Courtesy of MLB Network Radio, ESPN Radio, Vlad, a solo home run, the MVP, the youngest MVP in the All-Star Game history, second youngest to homer in a game. Johnny Bench was 21 when he homered back in 1969. That is your play of the day, play of the day, brought to you by M-Drive Boost and Burn, the supplement that helps boost energy, burn fat. Visit mdrivedan.com, free shipping, 60-day guarantee. Don't let age beat you. Refind your prime with M-Drive. Found this interesting. The American League has not trailed for 46 consecutive innings breaking the all-time record held by the National League from 1966 to 1970. The last time the All-Star team for the American League trailed was the first inning of the 2016 All-Star game when they trailed one nothing, one nothing, one nothing. Stat of the day, stat Bum, of the day. Stat of the day, stat of the day. Here comes that what? Stat of the day. All right, McLevin, poll question today is... So we
3: went with, what's the second most popular sport? We took football out, that being NFL and college football. Okay. Choices are basketball, baseball. We put MMA on. Uh, I'm going to put soccer on. Uh, I'll put hockey, just because hockey fans are very, very active on our Twitter <laughs> feed, and they would get mad at me if we didn't. Okay. Is there anything else that belongs on there?
2: Uh, golf is not there because you don't have Tiger. No, it's... Although the uh, the Open Championship starts uh, tomorrow, yes. By the way, the Open Championship, I think, is Royal Saint George's, is where uh, James Bond played golf in one of the movies. I don't know what the name of that movie was. Was it like uh, Goldfinger or something like that? But I think he he played golf, or they had some scenes at that golf course where they're going to have the uh, the Open Championship. Yes, McLevin.
3: On the popularity of sports, do people ever ask you why ESPN does so much NFL? I've been getting a lot of it. This summer has been the NFL summer on most of the ESPN shows.
2: Well, this is what happens. You do research. Uh, Fox Sports does this. In fact, we met the guy at the Super Bowl in Miami. And uh, he he told us what, what the metrics are and how they decide what stories they're going to cover. So all these shows on Fox Sports, you know, whether it's uh, Skip and Shannon or... It's uh, Nick Wright on his show. They tell them these are the stories that we should be covering. Now, then it's up to the host on how they cover those uh, stories. But they, they give you the metrics to say, talk like the Cleveland Browns have been talked about more in the last uh, three weeks than uh, th- throw a, the NBA in, tot- in totality, it feels like, or the Cowboys. Now, what's the reason? Because the metrics say you can't go wrong talking about these shows. And ESPN does the same thing. When I was doing SportsCenter, there was it was formulaic. Anything to do with the Yankees and Red Sox, anything to do with Duke and North Carolina. Now, those are topics, but the, and those were topics that were happening in the moment. We weren't going, hey, it's June. Let's talk about the value of Spencer Rattler to Oklahoma's football team. But the metrics show those are stories that you can't go wrong in talking about. Uh, I, I, I don't adhere to that. I don't have anybody programming this show, which sometimes is obvious. But, you know, we talk about what we think is important, what we like, and get the guests that accompany that. Uh, but, you know, it works for these other shows, obviously, because look at their ratings, look at their audiences. You know, our audience is nowhere near theirs. But I I do it, I'm not trolling you. I could talk about the Cowboys every day, but that's not how I was taught. And I don't want somebody to say, you got to talk about the Browns today. Even Aaron Rodgers, like I I go kicking and screaming because I don't have anything new. If there's news, I'll give it to you. I'll give you an opinion. But I don't try to just touch on these topics to go, "Uh, let me see, how do I get LeBron in the show? How do I get the Cowboys in the show? How do I get the Packers? How do I get the Browns? Like the Browns get more publicity than just about any other team in the NFL, except for Dallas. Why? They have star power. People are curious about Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham, Miles Garrett, I guess. I mean, you're the audience, you consume it. But it's not something that, even playing the hits when I was at ESPN, like there are times when you go, isn't there another story? Or can't we can't we elevate something? But it felt like you played the hits. And and I understand it. It's like music. If you tune into to a top 40 radio station, they just play the hits over and over and over. But, you know, I like to look at us as album rock, where we might go, you know, three cuts deep here or something, occasionally. Yeah, McLevin. What were the hits like 15, 20 years ago that are different from now? Well, Red Sox Yankees. Yeah, Duke, North Carolina, uh, Notre Dame would always come up. Mike Tyson, whenever, like any of these topic bars, you went, okay, we, all right, let's do something on that. But that's just the, that's a philosophy of of networks here, and I understand it. I, I'm glad I, I don't have to do that. I did it at the time, but we weren't we weren't talking about a sport that wasn't going to play for four months. Like we weren't doing that. Now it feels like you can't go wrong. Like uh, Patrick Mahomes with a offhanded comment at the golf tournament this past weekend on Justin Herbert, you know, where somebody said, hey, you know, look out for Justin Herbert and the Chargers and Patrick Mahomes walking down the fairway and the 18th uh, fairway at the the tournament says, I'll see it when I believe it. Wow. I mean, first of all, he added backwards. I'll believe it when I see it. Right. Second of all, it's not exactly trash talking. You know, I'm, I'm, there's tons of Raiders fans out there at that event. It's in Tahoe. I, I come on. It, and then Mahomes has to apologize. Hey, I got great respect for Justin Herbert. I was
4: putting the uh, cart before the, ho- the horse, yeah.
2: before the ah, whatever. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. It's just if, if you can latch on to anything football wise, like I'm curious about this story with the Washington football team. They're going to have a new name and a new logo, and there's no link to Native American imagery, according to their team president. They're going to have another year where they're the Washington football team, and then at at some point, you know, why are they waiting? Uh, Is it for merchandise? I would just stay with the Washington no-names, just you're the Washington football team. All right, move on. Now, is the NFL asking them to come up with a name? I'll go back to what I was told this has got to be seven to 10 years ago that uh, the that, uh, Washington football team wanted to move back into Washington, D.C. And I was told by somebody with uh, the commissioner's office that the, the commissioner was saying, the only, well, listen, you have to change your nickname. And Daniel Snyder was not going to do that. I don't know if they're moving back. I don't know if if that proposal was still there, move out of the suburbs. I remember going to RFK Stadium in downtown Washington, D.C. And, you know, is that where they should be? It's up to the NFL. But I don't know if that's part of the arrangement here with Daniel Snyder is, all right, change the nickname. Well, they did. They're Washington football team. Now what are you going to change it to? The fact that he has survived another year is absolutely amazing. He's a terrible owner, but you you can be a terrible owner and still make your money. And he's made his money. But I don't know what they're going to change it to. But there's no link to Native Americans. Uh, Coming up next hour, we'll talk about the Browns. We'll talk about the Cowboys, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. Actually, we'll talk to Joe Madden, the Angels manager, and Russell Wilson Jr. The third will join us. One hour in the books, two more to go. Dan Patrick Show. Close out the first hour with our friends from Callaway. I watch a golf tournament differently than you do because now I am watching for great golf, but I also watch to see who's playing the same clubs as I play. Callaway, the epic driver, the family of epic drivers. They got a driver for just about everybody. All right. And they all have this jailbreak speed frame, which means the ball stays on the club face longer. And that means that it transfers more energy. And that means more distance, right? More ball speed, more distance. All right. Now we got that out of the way. I'm watching Epic Max. That's for the best forgiveness that you're going to get in a driver. The Epic Speed, that's what I use. That's uh, the fastest Epic driver. And the better players, the tour players are using the Epic Max LS. And the LS is low spin. You get high stability, low spin. This is what the uh, tour players prefer, that great combination. Check out the Epic family of drivers. There's one for you. You'll love it. All the great products. CallawayGolf.com slash epic. Everything you love about Mercedes, the style, the comfort, the technology, the choice is now available in electric. The vehicles, all electric. The feeling, all Mercedes. The choice, all yours. Learn more, mbusa.com slash EQ.